0: This actually really feeds into what we originally were going to talk about today.
1: See? See? We don't know where we're going with this thing.
0: We never know where we're going to (laughs) go.
1: Welcome, fam. This is Courtney Russell, Jr., and I'm here with my co-host, Emily Brocker. Welcome to Humanize. We are two Americans with totally different backgrounds and life experiences.
0: We're coming together on this podcast to dive right at the heart of the three things that shut down tough conversations about race, culture, power,
1: and ego. The stories you are about to hear are meant to humanize those deeply involved in social justice. Welcome to the work, y'all. Let's get it. What's going on, family? This is Courtney. And first off, I just want to say how appreciative I am. Um, when I reflect on how powerful Humanize has been for me a source of hope, a source of therapy, a source of just the opportunity to um, dialogue and talk towards situations that are going to lead to freedom, I feel truly humbled, excited, and blessed. So, um, yes, Emily, thank you for being on this journey with me. Okay, and thank you. I- and I really want, as we gear, as we go down um, in history, as one of the greatest podcasts ever. I just <laughs> want to know that that we really uh, we did some great work, and I, I really feel blessed to be on this journey with you.
0: You and I are wired differently, Courtney.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I make mean, you feel kind of.
0: I kinda... make myself small. <laughs> you know, <I> wouldn't...
1: <laughs> It's yeah. great.
0: It's great. Yeah. We could unpack that for a while. I think we did actually on one episode. Yep. But um yes, awesome. So we get to catch up for the first time in a while today yep. and mm-hmm. want to offer a disclaimer as we usually do at first that Courtney and I have um, you know, asked each other for permission to have this type of deeper, open, honest conversation about race and hard topics. Um so you know, as you, as you listen and just remember to, to be asking people like, Hey, is this, is this the time that we can go there? Are you, are you open to this? Is this, um, yeah, it takes a lot of emotional labor, especially based on identity and Mm -hmm. social location and everything. So yes, we have done that. We have done that. (laughs) Um, so we've had a lot of amazing guests. We just released three guest episodes, one with Sarad, a mm-hmm. friend of mine from elementary school and talking to her about her work against um, police brutality and, and specifically supporting, um, families and victims of, um, our survivors and the families of victims of, of police brutality. And that was such a beautiful, heartfelt episode. I'm so moved by her work. Um, we also talked to Brenda, who is the co-founder founder of Invisible Paradigms, and about her work with white allies, specifically around you know what to do when you're really activated. Like if you're fired up, you wanna you wanna be in the fight. Um, just being mindful of of where that energy goes and the impact yeah. that it has. Um, and then we talked with Dr. Melissa Bird. Um, she was on our show in season two, and she came back. To really offer this very interesting breakdown of uh, the hyper woke, which yeah. which was which was a good one, <laughs> and in ironic timing that it came out the same week that you know there's a Republican push to ha- to form an anti woke caucus in in the House, in the House of Representatives. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I post a little bit about on social media about that, but
1: uh, I think it's it's it's. It's steeped in fear and distraction. Um, people trying to retain power. um it's all of those and I mm-hmm. and I don't have the luxury of time, so I really didn't want to just go down that rabbit hole. We have mm-hmm. too many things to think about to push for. Um, they're really like, for example, the Dobb decision. I mean mm-hmm. that's on that's that's going crazy right now. Um, individuals, especially mainly women, are feeling their, like their rights have been taken away, which they have, and mm-hmm. so I, um, I, I really didn't think about it because yeah. it's just another tactic used to distract from real issues, and um, and for some individuals to retain power. So mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't, I didn't really put too much thought into it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, I just I've, I've seen the. The power of, especially in the Republican Party, the the, the um, constant repetition of ideas. Yeah. And that's what concerns me about this is if it's it can really like push back on, because I see it in the work that I do in diversity, equity, inclusion space of people being really reactive to the idea of being taught about it yeah. um, or having their eyes open to the realities of it. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, the... The way that this Republican defined it was as, you know, an ideology that's making people feel bad for their history and feel shame and guilt, um, which for me, like, I understand that sometimes those emotions come up for white people and certainly things uh, have come up for me. But that's kind of our personal responsibility to yeah. Yeah. to say, like, what's, what's the information there? What's that teaching me? And yeah. not just turn away from it. So my, my hope for the field is that we can reframe like what what we're trying to do with this, you know? Like I'm yeah. trying to help people and myself see who I truly am, all yeah. layers of it, and yeah. not not shy away because the emotions are hard.
1: And for me, since you said what you're trying to do and what work you, among other things, or what you can identify glaringly, and I appreciate that. But for me, I think showing the love and balancing it with audacity, showing mm-hmm. the passion and um, balancing that with um, with trying to reach out and bring in as many people, not just black people, people of color. You know, so just trying to bring balance towards the fight, um, showing that I am a warrior. However, yeah. I, I come in love. Um, my my, yeah. bu- my bullet, my sword is knowledge. Um, my, my tool of war is just hope, you know, and dignity mm-hmm. and, and things of that nature. So um, just being a different type of activist, different type of warrior towards this fight is what I try to do every day um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and smile through the pain and know that if we don't acknowledge, we being black and white, people of color and all races included in between, if we don't acknowledge history, uh, we are very much doomed to repeat it. And yeah. um, there can't be learning without acknowledgement. Whether mm-hmm. you go to school, how do you learn without acknowledging that one plus one is two? Now, how we right. get to two, that is the work, you know? But mm-hmm. you know, And so, like, I feel we need to acknowledge. We're doing a lot of, like, when white people don't want to talk about it, it's it's like a disadvantage for them as well because yeah. they, they won't get the freedom, too. Exactly. Like
0: when I, I feel like, um, you know, saying that like my, my, one of my drives is like to let us know who we really are. Yeah. I believe when we truly drop into that space, we work through whatever defensiveness is that that's where we see our profound interconnectedness, you know, whether it's historically as a country and how, um, you know how slavery was created in this country and and what it did for the country, but also just like the heart connection. You know those those intense, angry, yeah. defensive emotions keep us really separated from people. But it, that's why I love storytelling because storytelling kind of drops a lot of those barriers and lets us see yeah. each other in a, in a true way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think they're very very real and tangible benefits for white people to be involved in a fight for liberation, to even see the liberation, the ways that they're oppressed too.
1: What, I, I, I just, a question just came to me and I want to ask to get your, um, your opinion on it or your perspective. What do you think would be the worst thing that can happen if acknowledgement of the past is not done um, by white huh. people? What is the worst case scenario?
0: Well, that's interesting. So, I would say in some ways we are we're inching towards a worst-case scenario mm-hmm. <laughs> right now, which mm-hmm. is engaging and normalizing hate rhetoric while arming people with guns, um, you know, allowing really free access and you know, just starting to think about restrictions on ghost guns and things like that and um so I think the worst case scenario is when people are reduced to their lowest selves and the, just feel okay acting from hate and feel okay oppressing and feel okay um, holding other people down. We, This country, I feel like this world, it needs substantial progress in terms of protecting the planet to survive. Mm-hmm. We're not going to do that by hating each other. Yeah, you know we're not going to do that by taking steps back in terms of how we've oppressed specific groups, yeah. uh, and we're doing that. We're taking steps back with women. We're taking, you know, step back yeah. with mass shootings. We're taking step back with. I, I I feel like we're, yeah, I'm not very optimistic about the trajectory right now. Yeah,
1: yeah, I feel the same. Um, I think. A lot of the times when we, we as people don't understand that history happened and if we don't address history, we can't protect our future, mm-hmm. you know, and I feel, I feel really fearful that people are trying to, out of fear of the unknown of what the future would look like if they don't have power, they can Try their best to perpetuate the power that they do have by any means necessary, mm-hmm. you know. And um, individuals that are black and brown have to be the the recipients, and then they also become oppressors themselves mm-hmm. because the only way to to survive in this kind of culture is to oppress someone else is kill Wait. or be kill or be killed, you know. Kill and so or be killed, yeah. Yeah, and so, like, it's, <clears throat> for me the worst the worst case scenario is we just have a planet that's deeply divided, um, just based on what we look like, and try mm-hmm. to try to hide it in, and try to hide it in the, the the tenets of white supremacy, which are like capitalism, racism, and patriarchy. You know, yeah. and once we um, once we we continue down that road, capitalism will continue to divide. Mm-hmm. patriarchy will continue to divide and then you have racism that's just dividing overtly mm-hmm. so you have overt yeah. ways and you have um indirect ways of that it is doing that's going to all cause death um unnecessary not unnes- yeah unnecessarily yeah Un-
0: yeah yeah <clears throat> yeah i have to what like listening to you talk i have to I, like i'm my i'm currently facing um a bunch of frustration with, um, with corporations and nonprofits that I work with in that so many people are contacting me, you know, in kind of a post Floyd moment of like, we really want to do better. We want to focus on this. And every single time I bring up um, like okay, let's let's explicitly focus on what's going on here. Could we do a series of training on how white supremacy culture underpins the notion of professionalism and what that is doing yeah. to BIPOC people in the in the workplace? And it went the second that I say white supremacy culture, they want nothing to do with it. They were like, yeah. no 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 no, we want to do everything else except for Actually doing that, and it's it's frustrating, and I can understand like the hesitation because that's really gonna like trigger a lot of people. But that is doing the work, and I I have to maybe put it out there, and we can hear from our listeners. But um, Courtney, I think you and I should think about doing something more open to the public around that here in Boulder because I don't think a company is going to pay for it right oh, now so it's has to be individual yes
1: 100 percent, 100 percent. yes yeah. yes yes i feel um i would actually love to take that back home too to atlanta me and mm-hmm. you do me you do something there um mm-hmm. because why supremacy to a lot of people that supremacy word is almost synonymous with like Hitler, Nazis KKK, and so yep. a KKK, So when you say white supremacy, is bringing it up like I'm not that. I'm not right. here, I'm not wearing bed sheets and throwing um fire bombs at people <laughs> people um yeah. houses, you know? But yeah, I, I'm I, not doing that. I'm yeah. never doing that. I, I just want people to know that white supremacy is not particularly all because of a race. It's just that white supremacy benefits white people. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. You know, it's, it's not saying like black people have white supremacy culture and perpetuate white supremacy as well. Sure. You know, people of color do as well. It was yeah. created to to separate individuals by the color of their skin and keep a, a certain paradigm in place that mm-hmm. will give them perpetual power. Mm-hmm. But just because you're white, that doesn't mean you're a white supremacist. That just means the privilege of your skin gives you a different type of work than we have to do as people of color.
0: Yeah. And I don't think
1: people understand that. It's just a different... It's like if you're playing the sport, you have your position. You're playing basketball, there's a point guard. The point guard is not going to try to play center. The point guard is not playing power forward. The point Mm -hmm. guard is distributing the ball and the the shooting guard is shooting. You know, Mm -hmm. so once we get to knowing our role and knowing the position in this work, it's game time.
0: Right. And understanding the context that is happening in. You know, I think that's... (laughs) Yeah. And it, I, it's tricky when I bring up white supremacy culture. It does feel like a lot of people, when they speak, they reflect back to me, they start yeah. talking about white supremacy. White supremacy culture is the water that we swim in that we can't even see. But yes. being a white supremacist is a, a conscious, active thought. Yeah. yeah, And so we, I feel like the words that we use around it are really important. And I, I think that it's still pretty new in the um vernacular you know i that this was something that i feel like was was brought back by the critical theory um academics they brought back using white supremacy culture as a way of not not squirming around what we're actually talking about here like there's right. a lot of other words that we could use that would be more indirect less triggering but that that whole notion of of working with yourself and i love brenda's work on that um, and her work in invisible paradigms i know they offer open houses so people should definitely check them out um yeah it's very powerful it's very yeah, powerful but
1: i <clears throat> i agree with you you know and i think that when that the idea you had earlier about having just starting like i mm-hmm. believe in if you start whether it's free or not money will come i, I mm-hmm. um, me, and my, me and my business partner don't we, in the beginning, we were so passionate about this activism thing um, that we just started doing something and things were happening in our mm-hmm. lives, you know? Um, right now, if we say we're chasing and we're running towards freedom, um, sometimes we're going to have to move in a fog, mm-hmm. you know, and not know what tomorrow may bring. And so if we, if we set up shop in Boulder one, like once, twice a month and just have a live showing of a conversation um we i, I think that would be that would be amazing
0: because
1: yeah people, just me and you the optics alone on that would be um uh very very good because a person like you then a person like me with totally two totally different backgrounds speaking openly and candidly on white supremacy mm-hmm. is a is a powerful thing to behold and a powerful thing to say
0: well, yeah. And I think that people people just want to talk, you know, yeah. like people who are interested, they want to talk. They don't want a training. I'm kind of like training stir the pot a little bit, but I think people just want a no methodology, you know.
1: But the Which, weird shit is that's training.
0: I know it, it is. It is. That's transformational. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're holding a transformational yeah. space, right? Yeah. Like what is... Well, so everyone watch out for that offering coming out soon. <laughs> yeah. But this actually really feeds into what we originally were going to talk about today.
1: See, See? we don't know where we're going with this thing.
0: We never know where we're going to go, <laughs> um, which is something that has been on my mind and something that Courtney and I have been talking about, you know, not not on in front of the mic. Um, and we're going to bypass telling the specific stories of, of of where this is happening. But here's the like the working question that I want to tease out mm-hmm. with you, Courtney. Mm-hmm. And let's think about the group setting. I, I usually work in group settings rather than one-on-one because it's it's in the interactions that things come to life. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how do we hold a space for curiosity and learning, which is, I believe, fundamental to any sort of discovery and intercultural learning and just being curious – Um, asking questions, not just holding those questions in, um, how do we hold a space for that while not slipping into this increasingly present, like cancel culture situation, which is based, I've been listening to the work of Alexis Shotwell, which is really great. I'll put the link in the show notes to a podcast I listened to where she's breaking down the notion of purity culture you know, perfection and keeping people really perfect and, and how it's fundamentally a flawed idea because people are nature. We are animals. We are, we come from this earth and nature is not perfect. Nature is imperfect. And yet here we are holding ourselves separate from nature, thinking that we could be perfect and in the process, creating this idea of cancel culture and bringing people down, Mm -hmm. um, Now let me enter the third tension, and then I'll turn it over to you. So we no, we, we need to be curious. Mm-hmm. How do we not fall into this cancel culture notion, and how do we keep alive the place where we hold people accountable? Mm-hmm. Like I am a, I I think there's been a lot of important things happening with the Me Too movement. I think there's been a lot of more consciousness raising. Um, so like, how do we hold those three tensions? alive and and move forward in a group where people are coming from different places and have different levels of exposure?
1: Wow. That's a, that's a great question. I, what coming up, what's coming up for me is big word called diversity. Big word? A Big word. word Yeah. 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 Um, Diversity. And I smile and I laugh because we want diversity until we get it. And then we don't want it. And we, we, we shame it. You know yeah you and we want uh, homogeneity again. yeah and see uh. that's where perfection has come in like so I think if we change our perspective on what's perfect then it will like if you say it'll be perfect for my company to have women that practice the that, that practice Islam and I want guys with tattoos. I want black men who were recently incarcerated. I want educated black men. I want educated white men. I want brown and um, other people of color transgender. see all when you start bringing diversity in, that place will may be imperfect towards what we hold as a standard of a perfection today. But that's a perfect company because you have so many diverse voices at the table. That you're going to be see the the word progressive and woke are also not synony- are sometimes synonymous synonyms these days. But progressive mm-hmm. means that you're progressing towards something to make better. So it shouldn't be a girl. Pro- oh, you're progressive. You're a Democrat. You're pro- you're not progressive. You're a Republican. A Republican should be progressive to make the Republican Party better. You know, like mm-hmm. it shouldn't it shouldn't mm-hmm. be a progressive. Yeah, you're 100 percent liberal, this and that. So I think we should now when we get it back to business, you always want to be innovative and progressive because then Mm -hmm. you can always make sure that you you all you're going to love your bottom line because Uh people are people buy into a, a story. You know, mm-hmm. and so if you have an attractive story, because everyone's different and the perspectives are there, that's a great place to work. That's a, pl- a great place to um to 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 grow at, and whatever mm-hmm. you're selling is going to be good. So this whole thing of perfectionism is based on a standard of white supremacy, right? Because it worked for so long that people are fearful that if I'm making this much money doing. Things that perpetuated white supremacy. Why the fuck would I do something different, risk mm-hmm. my comfort, and and the ironic thing is, that's business. Ain't nobody mm-hmm. like. What is going to make you? What's going to separate your business or company from another one to force people to start buying your product? Innovation, mm-hmm. right? And no, like just right. Right now, if we said we, me and you. Instead of having a formal training where we lecture and we stand in front of people and we talk about this, let's do it differently. I promise mm-hmm. you, we'll start to catch a buzz and people will be so intrigued, like, damn, that's never been done like that. Mm-hmm. That is business and entrepreneurship. You like, I don't, I yeah.
0: Don't know. <laughs> I mean, the, <clears throat> you're right that maybe we did have a cohesive thread through this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Which is that, that yeah, the, the the cancel culture is is a manifestation of perfectionism, which is a characteristic of white supremacy culture. Stepping out of that, I think I've seen very few organizations successfully do that. But when they do that, they do really well. So mm-hmm. stepping out of perfectionism, and here's I what I see as like a critical point is um, it has to come from leadership. It has Mm -hmm. to come from people who are, traditionally the CEO is quite busy. He's quite busy. There's a, (laughs) he, I say he, that's great. See, I'm enculturated. He or she or they are quite busy. (laughs) And um, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot going on for them. Um, And yet to ask them, okay, hey, we need you to start creating a culture of imperfection. Like that's that takes energy. That sort of shift takes energy, especially in a time where everyone I know is so busy and so burnt out, and everyone's quitting every industry. Um, I think that's a big, and that's the kind of thing I'd like to talk about in a group. Is I because I think it's going to look differently for every organization. But like, how do you create that space of less rigidity and more flexibility, more creativity and curiosity? Which will lead to more innovation when people feel like they can speak up, right?
1: Your see, the thing about the CEO is again a change perspective. If if he understood, he or she or they,
0: they? <laughs> we need to work yes. on ourselves. Yeah, dang. See, if we're not yeah. perfect, we're no, not perfect.
1: Hell, oh hell no, I'm far, <laughs> I'm far from perfect. Chef fault, but like I, if you if they if they address that need and see and, not, and don't see it as something else to do and see it as the thing to do right to increase mar- profit margins because that is what will happen now it becomes something that becomes a priority for the organization but right. it's like again are you going to are you going to be innovative enough and fearless enough to do things that haven't been done that are, is going to risk your employees and your business and your lifestyle Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and so, and so like, I mean, a company that comes to mind for me is Google. Right. Right. I mean, they're mm-hmm. not perfect, you know, but they, they, they do a lot of things differently than most companies,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know?
1: And so I'm sure they have a lot of struggles, but I mean, I don't know the, the gross net income for Google, but I'm sure it's in the billions of dollars. Like I'm Google, sure. And Google is and okay. And they
0: also, I'm sure have tons of projects that... They yes. try. They try and fail. Yeah, you know, hundred they, percent. They're they're more of a, a fail forward type of culture, yeah. from my understanding. They're exactly. Yeah, they're also not perfect, but exactly.
1: Um, and so, yeah. like, yeah, you. I mean, perfectionism. This is how it's done. The status quo. There are all words that say I am afraid to do something different, given what can uh, what can affect my lifestyle just like freedom mm-hmm. like it was it was a lot safer to be a slave for people of color. it was a, it was a lot safer and and, and less mentally taxing to continue yeah. on that road to be a slave because you knew what mm-hmm. you're gonna do. the minute you get out of that, now you have dreams, now you have aspirations that's a lot of work right you know and so people on both ends whether you're a white person or a person of color they if when you start to talk about freedom and 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 democracy and and liberty that's a lot
0: yeah it is mentally it is mentally taxing it's <sighs> mentally taxing for everyone and i think that that is holding us back yeah. and brings us around to the question of like how do we how do we take care of ourselves a little better so we have space for that, you yeah. know, how do we make sure that we're not just eating food loaded with sugar, but we're actually eating nutrition so that Ooh. we can actually, you know, like it's all, it's all interconnected to, to get us to a space where we can actually critically think and reflect. Yeah. And,
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: I feel like this is the moment, Courtney, to, to offer, offer something publicly. I'm and Oh,
1: hey, you just said a word. Like, I, I love to fail forward. You know, I, I, <laughs> yeah. if if it's if it's me and you there only and no one's around, hey, if we just had a deeper talk, we get our our, our podcast stronger. We keep pushing. I don't. I never do anything to try to be trendy because mm-hmm. when people see that you're so passionate about what you do, it automatically becomes a trend. It automatically catches fire. It all. It automatically gets on. And if it doesn't, mm-hmm. you can sleep good at night knowing that you're doing something that you're passionate about. I I don't like mm-hmm. to follow trends, and this is why p- this post um, Floyd movement um, you spoke of, the, Me Too and cancel culture and this, and and now DEI culture is like that work a should have been done a long time ago, and it was being done a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, it, sh- yeah, it should have been a priority to respect women. Mm-hmm. How you gonna mm-hmm. have like now? It's it's Me Too. You, sh- you should believe a woman if she says she was sexually assaulted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let, let, let's let's believe them and work. Because who's going to who's... So let's... It, it should have been activism in the way that it, it, it's showing up now with DEI and, and people prioritizing um, DEI and their companies should have been something that was done years ago, way oh, before yeah. George Floyd, you know? And oh, so- yeah.
0: No, I was talking to those companies years ago. That my company's been going for... Yeah. 10 years, 11 years, I couldn't convince people to focus on it. You know, like the mega companies were focusing on it. Pepsi would do their two-hour diversity and inclusion training and stuff. But uh, it's different now. And we got to seize the opportunity that it is different. And the companies are seeing pressure from their employees. Employees are holding more power than before. And I think this is a powerful moment for employees to ask for change. And I'm definitely seeing that. And we just have to co-create that future because we don't know what it looks like. Because we're all c- moving from the base of understanding of white supremacy culture.
1: I, I I will push back a little bit that employees are having more power. You know, um, really, yeah. Um, when when COVID hit and you had that thing called essential workers, you know, they mm-hmm. tried to to give an importance to those people who had to work because they had no choice Mm -hmm. during the worst time in our life, you know? Mm -hmm. And and employees like CEOs and, and heads of company are more interested in DEI and offering, but I don't, I don't know. And again, this is just a pushback. I'm not saying I'm right. It's just a diversity of thought. Like, I don't know if they're saying, all right, cool, let's really focus on employees. Let's really support them. You know. Sorry,
0: I think my internet is unstable. What did you just say?
1: I said, um, I think companies are realizing the times that we're living in and have to take certain steps to protect their bottom line by Mm -hmm. having these trainings and saying the right things and, and, and making it seem as though they really care about employees. But they still aren't fearless enough to address white supremacy and um, mm. and all of its tenants in a way that's going to bring true liberation, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and so, mm-hmm. like, if if that's the case, all women should be getting paid the same. If that's the case, mm-hmm. you know, like like Amazon wouldn't be under attack the way it was for what they do in their employees, you know, like right. And, and so, right. yeah, it's and 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 those are just the big names. We don't know what else is going on with other the other companies. And so mm-hmm. I um I hear you. Yeah, they they probably have more power, but I don't think it's moved the needle enough to, to give them a round of applause.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I think yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. They have more power than they have in the past, and yeah. we see that through like the um Glass Glassdoor and Gallup are doing some polls on like why people accept certain jobs cuz you know for employers right now it's all about retention cuz everyone's just leaving. Exactly. And there's they're seeing a lot more people focusing on oh this company had a DEI strategy. Yeah. Like this company was focusing there and that's where the power is coming in. So I th- I think there's still a whole lot to be filled in though of like what is it publications are starting to come out about it, but, like, what, is it, what does it mean? What's the difference between the performative level and the actual, like, doing the work level? And, yeah, it, yeah, it's a complicated moment, and that's why we should get together and talk about it. Oh,
1: I'm ready. I'm <laughs> ready. And then loving loving healthcare the way I do, you know, it's like nurses are leaving oh, yeah. at an alarming rates because they're being exploited and working all godforsaken hours. Right. You know? And so mentally, they aren't prepared to deal with what they have to deal with. And so, mm-hmm. a big, a big thing is like a, like healthcare, the healthcare system, like is all about the bottom line. And if they hire more nurses, even during the pandemic, even during the time that mm-hmm. can that can go against their bottom mm-hmm. line. So the protection of individuals who are at the top, the one percent,
0: mm-hmm. may
1: may say. Hey, we we really want to help people, but they also don't want to affect their lifestyles. And this is just—I—I yeah. I, I would never overgeneralize and say everyone is doing that. But if one percent, if the one percent got together and really said, "You know what? Fuck poverty. We got to get rid of this." That'll be a long weekend. America. I know. Look, <laughs> America will look so different.
0: I know. So, I know. I so know. instead,
1: of, so instead of going to space. Why don't we try to increase health literacy and, and do things that are gonna decrease the the wealth gap, you know? Yep. But
0: yeah. Oh. Well, we got some momentum going here at the end of season four. Um, I think everyone should watch out for we'll we'll start to to spread the word. We'll start to plan and spread the word for something yeah. that'll probably start out pretty informal. Um and hopefully go from there. Um other ways to get involved with our work is to support us on Patreon. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to get to a point where we're actually just sustainable and covering the cost of our editors. <laughs> so it's not that much, but we would love that. And also, we're going to start to have t-shirts soon. We're
1: working yeah, on it and merch yeah, Because
0: we just want to pay for our editors. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Hey, y'all know um, y'all want to humanize t-shirt or hoodie. There you go. It. Come on now. There you
0: Come. go. There it's you cool. go. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, thank you, Courtney. It was Always. It's really wonderful to sit down with you today. I'll be thinking about our conversation for a while. Any final thoughts?
1: No, man. I I mean, yes. I said, no, man. Did I go into it? That's crazy, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but yes. Yes, yes. I definitely do. Um. I... Like I said at the beginning of this episode, I feel really blessed, and never will I take for granted the platform that we have. Uh, and I don't know if we're gonna have three more seasons or a hundred and three, mm-hmm. but I'm, like, but I love, love, love what we bring to the table, what we bring to the world, yeah. and. Um, and when We're free, gonna be
0: old, old crotchety people talking about like oh, oh, injustice yeah. in the, health, the like senior living. One
1: hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah, these dreads gonna be gray, you know. <laughs> and so I, I look forward to again being on the journey with you, Emily. Yeah, and, you and, too. And I, like you said, I can't wait for you. Open up something. I don't think you know what you did. Just like when you, you said we should have a podcast. The we love podcasts. The, 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 the <laughs> beginning of COVID. Look what we are. So you doing something else? You always come with these damn ideas, that. Yeah. Damn it! Fuck I around. Never stop with the ideas. <laughs> never, never. So that—that's me. I appreciate it. I, I, I appreciate you.
0: All right. Have a great. Appreciate you too. Have a great day. Stay warm in the snow.
1: Always. Okay. Peace.
0: Bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Humanize. Please remember to like and subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. Join us on Instagram or Facebook to continue this conversation at The Humanize Podcast.
1: Let us know if you want to learn more about the professional trainings we offer. And of course, tune in next time as we continue the work. Thank you and much love. What's going on, family? Um, this is this is amazing. I feel so blessed. <laughs> this so, is amazing. This is amazing. Right. I I didn't know what else word to say. You know, I don't know.
0: sorry, just, go ahead. Is, Do the intro.
1: Oh you oh you start over again.
0: <laughs> no 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 go ahead. No go ahead.
1: Okay.